Good morning. You're seeing a little bit of what happens when a celebrity comes in the in the crowd. Great to have Vivian here and her her uh, entourage and uh, welcome each of you. Real good to see her and and uh, be here and uh, be a be a bright spot. I have a couple announcements before we get get started. A uh, couple things related to the youth rummage sale. Uh, it says here you can start bringing rummage sale items Wednesday, and I guess Wednesday through Sunday. If you have any questions, talk to Kathy Hadaway about it. Uh, and I think she also said that Wednesday, this Wednesday, we'll have service in here instead of in the fellowship hall. I think that's so they can start setting stuff up. So uh, just keep that in mind and bring your junk and uh, junk in your treasures. Um, if you would, if, you, if you'd like to this morning and you are a visitor and like to fill out a connect card, um, just to kind of let us know you're here, you can fill it out and, and just leave it in the pew, hand it to an usher, whatever it's whatever you feel good about um, giving. Uh, I think you all know the, know the routine by now, so just do whatever you've been doing and, and keep doing it. Don't let up, just keep doing it. Wednesday, uh, adult Bible study, and then uh, children and youth, same, same deal. Next Sunday, keep in mind, it's Father's Day. Before we start with uh, singing, I was going to share a couple things with you. One a little light, and then uh, one a little bit with a little bit more uh, meat to it. <clears throat> this may be for more of the men in the in the group. Maybe some of the women too. But um, this is your gentle reminder that one time in the Bible, Elijah was like, God, I'm so mad I want to die. So God said, here's some food. Won't you have, here's some food, why don't you have a nap? So Elijah slept, ate, and decided that things weren't so bad after all. So, never underestimate the spiritual power of a nap and a snack. <laughs> Someone sent this to me this morning. It wasn't written by them, but it was, I feel very appropriate. It's very appropriate for uh, where we are. So uh, I'm gonna try to make it through it. Today is a day for a fresh start. A new beginning. For those who have heard my word and heard my desire, for those who have ears to hear and eyes to see, 
I will take you further into the realm of my kingdom than ever. In the excitement of that which you see and know, you will be compelled to live and flourish in the kingdom of Almighty God. So, I say to you today, begin again. Begin in the strength and the power that I provide. Become one with me and walk with me in your life will take on a brand new, fresh meaning, says the Lord. Won't you stand with us this morning as we begin our worship service with a beautiful song, so easy to sing, Great Are You, Lord. Shout 
Let's join together another beautiful song, Holy Spirit, asking God to give us better attitudes. Holy Spirit, living breath of God, breathe your life into my willing soul. Let the presence of the seated. Children, you may go to your classes now.
Before Ray comes up to speak, I'd like to highlight a couple of prayer requests, and then um, if it's okay with Ray, I'd like for him to say the uh, prayer this morning. And uh, before I go over a couple of requests, um, this is Ray's last Sunday with us, his final sermon, so if you've been holding back a yee-haw or an amen, <laughs> This is your this is your day to give it to him. So uh, might not be much yeehaw on a junk room sermon. Yeah. Um, the requests are mentioned. There's several in the in your uh, bulletin, and you can you can look at them and see for the most part. Uh, and I'm not making light of them. I'm just uh, they're there, and most of us here can read. So. We're good. Um, I would like to highlight and, and give a thanks. Uh, Aaron is on here. Uh, sorry. He's in Turkey with a uh, group uh, from Arkansas, and they're on a mission mission trip, and he's sending us some little highlights along the way and uh, you all whether you know it or not have a part in this through our faith promise deal and uh, you'll hear more about that later he's actually going to share with us at a later date when he gets back from the trip so I just wanted to thank you for that brother Ray if you'll come pray let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning and uh, let me turn the mic on if you bow with me Sorry, Larry. Father God, it's, uh, it's kind of nice to just be still and know that you are God. In a world that goes so fast, that has so many things that we face, so many times that it seems like we say unbelievable as we look at things in our country and in our world as we go to the gas pump wherever we are we face those and Lord we face many needs and on the prayer sheet are very worthy needs people that we love people we're aware of that are going through very tough times but God, nothing, it's, it's comforting to know that nothing catches you off guard and you are in control and you are our Lord and Savior and God Almighty. Send healing, send peace, send grace because you're a good God. God, meet every need that's on every heart. Father God, I pray that your Holy Spirit, as the song we sang, would anoint us. Lord, for the one that's discouraged this morning, give encouragement. May they laugh in you. Father, for the one that is very frustrated, give peace. And God, I pray that the peace comes from the Prince of Peace. And Lord, for the one that's hurting or has a physical need, God, I pray that you would give complete healing in the name of Jesus and all God's people said. 
Amen. I'm not going to start with saying thank you and all that stuff. Maybe at the end of the sermon I'll, I'll say a little bit about that. But you put up with me every Sunday for six months now. No breaks. I think it's the first time I haven't been to Kansas to do the spring cattle moving thing with, my, with our farm. Um, and harvest started yesterday actually. So, um, but, it, but I appreciate y'all's uh, love for me and your patience. And I'll, I'll say a few things a little bit later. Okay, so if you get your outline out. And maybe a pen if you want to or something like that. We've been uh, talking for the last six weeks a series on kind of using the show Fixer Upper um, and we've been going room to room or place to place in the house and fixing it up and, and doing a parallel to our life and of course we've done uh, the kids room we've done the family room we've done the playroom and that one was fun we did the home office last week and y'all survived it um, and uh, you will need the home office with the way the economy's going. You better, you better tighten up and, and put God first and, and, and look at all what we talked about with finances last week. But, um, and then the foundation and all that. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll take this down uh, tonight, th- today um, as we talk about that. But boy, has Vicky done a good job with the junk room. This one actually, it's a CD, so it really isn't that old. I've got them that have cassette tapes, but I've got a couple of them that's got eight tracks. But I'm holding on to it because Antique Roadshow's going to come by one day and ain't nobody going to have one. And I'm going to be a rich man. Or either my daughter's going to talk about me like I'm talking about my mom and dad as I clean out their house. One or two. And you know it's bad when you got black cherry seltzer. <laughs> and there's the trash bag. And how many of you got a playmate still hanging around? I've got one in the attic and it's turning yellow. I wonder why. Yeah, we've all got our junk room. Which room's your junk room? Well, you know, most people, it's the attic. I think I shared with you guys, and I know I'm on Facebook, and uh, I sometimes like the freedom of not being on there, but we we had a, God, we raised our daughter in in a neat little area, Treasure Island. It's one way in, one way out, little 1,500 square foot house. And our new home we built, which is just beautiful and, you know, totally a different thing. It has 1,500 square foot of storage in it, just storage spaces, plus I have a 900 square foot shop, and they are full to the brim. We've had two or three times we've rearranged, and I said to you, if you build it, they will come, or if you build it, you'll fill it up. It's so true. And I'm talking, we give away. We've given beds away, mattresses away, you know, furniture away, equipment away, and it still keeps coming in. Now, some of the junk is other people's junk. Maybe I should talk about that, when to not take other people's junk. But some people, it's a closet. You know, they have an apartment, and all they do is they have one closet, an extra bedroom that no one could ever sleep in. Anybody got that? A garage you can't put your car in. The altars will not be open today because all of you'd have to. Oh, and then some of you have all of these. 
It's just places you put things that you don't use recent, you know, recently, but they have a past. They have something in the past that, that relate to them. And that's what we want to talk about. If you see the scripture there on your outline, Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 through 14. Paul says, I keep working toward that day when I will finally be all that Jesus Christ saved me for and wants me to be. What a goal, brothers and sisters. That first part of that sentence is such a goal. No, dear brothers and sisters, I'm, I am still not all that I should be. Now, if Paul says he's not all he should be, all of us are definitely not all we should be. But I am focusing all my energies on one thing, forgetting the past and what? Looking forward, looking to the future. And looking forward to what lies ahead, I strain to reach the end of the race and receive the prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us to heaven. So Paul is saying, there's things in my past, some things in my background, and in all of our background, there's baggage, there's things, and I've got to forget that, and I've got to put my eyes on heaven and on Jesus, and I've got to keep working toward that. And what a great goal and what a beautiful thing to look at. I don't know when you go through a real tough time how you could look at anything else but Jesus, to be real honest with you. It's awesome. You know, whether as a psychologist or a pastor or whatever, I've talked to many, many people. And, you know, there's things in their past that, that are there. And at home we do spring cleaning, uh, I tend to wait till summer till the attic's really hot because I'm not the smartest thing in the world, you know. And, we, you know, we tend to have these times that we clean up. And here's what I'm saying. Christians have junk in their houses. There's also junk in our families, junk in our lives too. And every now and then, just like this topic we're using, God wants us to kind of go in there and get rid of some junk. Rearrange some things that are in our life. So our junk room needs cleaning up, so we're going to fly through this this morning. And I apologize, I've already got a couple people going to help me if I mess up. But I'm running on about four hours sleep. Uh, I think I went to bed three this morning. And so if I can't speak or something, there's going to be some interpretation here in the church this morning. We had fun. I told them, look, if I get where I can't talk, stand up and say what I mean. Finish the sentence, but you got to do it like that. You know? <laughs> Just having some fun, okay? Number one, let's get started. Junk doesn't disappear on its own. Can I get an amen? If we had the force, we could do that and move it, but we don't. <laughs> it takes another kind of force, you know? I can say it's gone, yeah. I can say it's gone. I can pretend it's gone. It's not there. It's just not there. Keep your head up and trip over it, you know. It's not there. You can close the door and seal it up. That's what I do. It's still there. This is especially real to me now, as you know, in the last year I've lost mom and dad and I'm the executor and it's fallen on me and of course, bless her heart, my wife. And we're going through stuff, trying to get ready for an estate sale, and man, and it's hard to throw away old articles and pictures and things. It's hard, 
But I also know the next generation, as soon as I save it, it's not going to be saved, you know, and what to do with it and all of those things. Um, it, it, it's crazy. But verse 13 tells me that I need to focus all my energies on one thing, forgetting the past to start with. So forgetting the past requires action. It's not just like, oh, I'm going to forget the past, but I'm not going to do anything about it. In our lives, we have things in the past, and it's not, I'm just going to forget it. Uh, I had a cathartic experience. I told Brother Ray all about my past. It's all good, but if you don't deal with it, the past is still there. Oh, I got a junk room. I told Randy all about my junk room and everything. Might even broke Randy over and showed him my junk room, but we ain't doing nothing about it. Two years later, we opened the door. Guess what? Still there. Do you get the analogy? There's a tragic, tragic story that a lot of people avoid in the Bible in 2 Samuel 13 about Tamar. That's southern for Tamar. King, da <laughs> King David's daughter, who was horribly assaulted by her brother. And uh, I've got 2 Samuel there. You see that what Absalom comes to the tour and says is, this happened, yes. Look, don't worry. Come live with me. <clears throat> Everything's going to be okay. And Tamar lived with her brother Absalom, but she didn't deal with this. In fact, her brother asked her not to deal with it. And it says, the Bible says, I think something there at the end, she ended up being a desolate woman. Do you follow what I'm saying? She didn't deal with it. Well, she lives the rest of her life never having the life God had for her. It wasn't God's will she got assaulted. It wasn't that God planned that. We live in an evil world. But here's the thing, when things happen, God wants to give us healing. He wants to clean it up and set us free. And I'm going to say it a little bit later. Not only set us free, but use our hurt to help other people. Only God can do that. It's amazing. Well, Tamar did not deal with it. And she kept kind of bringing it up to Absalom. And every time he'd see his sister, she was, you know, I guess today we would say she had a lot of issues. Okay? And it was a struggle. And so guess what? It didn't just stay with her. It went to Absalom. And two years later, guess what he did to his brother? Killed him. When you don't deal with your junk... When you don't deal with your past, it doesn't just affect you. It affects everybody, and it never disappears on its own. So, at the next thing on the outline, if you don't deal with it, you will pass it on. I think that's probably the worst thing. Passing it on to our kids, passing it on to our spouse, our friends. Exodus 34-7 says, I will... I show this unfailing love to many thousands, thousands, and thousands by forgiving every kind of sin and rebellion. Even so, I do not leave sin unpunished. That means consequences. In fact, the consequences will fall down on the third and fourth generation. And what's God saying? He's not trying to punish an innocent person. But if Dana and I in our marriage have tremendous issues and things we're not dealing with, and we'll pick on last week because that's easy and that's something that's 
not a problem with us and I, I don't want to any way hurt my wife or offend but let's say we had you know financial struggles and we deal with that and, and we, we, we just go, oh, it just, it doesn't work. I'm just going to, let's just get another credit card. You know what I mean? I'm never going to deal with my finances or my struggles or what the root problem is. Guess what I pass on to my daughter? Guess what my daughter passes on to her son? You follow what I'm saying? That struggle. Now, multiply that when it becomes emotional and spiritual. And that is spiritual. But you know what I mean? More so. So you will pass it on. Ann Smith, Church of God Saint, talks about grandchildren of addicts and alcoholics and others and how even though when the parents are an addict, you're, you, ne you never drink or do drugs or anything, but you end up being not an alcohol, but an addict in the IDCIT at the end, meaning you have a lot of issues just because your dad was that way or your mom was that way. Does that make sense? That's what God's saying. We pass that on. And God wants to heal us. God wants to set us free to not just set us free, which is awesome, but so that our kids and our family and our friends and the kingdom of God is blessed. In fact, if you're not changing and I'm not changing, what, what's going on? God wants us to be constantly growing and changing and getting better and becoming more of a, we use the word Christian today like it doesn't mean a thing. Christian means Christ-like. And that's what Paul's saying. This is perfect scripture. In other words, every day, you know, you might have a bad month. I got that. But you rebound and you're getting, when you look back on your life, if it was a chart and you're down here and you go up and you have a high, you might have a low. You're kind of having a low. But look how much higher it is. You follow what I'm saying? Than where you started. And that's your low. And then you work and you go. And one day you're here. This is where we need to be. Like Christ. If that's the like Christ. That's only for the visual people. If you don't deal with your junk, the wall we put up will crumble. The wall we put up will crumble. Many say, why don't you let sleeping dogs lie? Have you ever heard of that? Well, here's the problem. Eventually they wake up, they bark, and they bite. Don't hang that dirty laundry out. And trust me, there's some glass in hanging your dirty laundry out. I got that. But what happens to dirty laundry if it's soiled and not cleaned and just left to itself? It stinks. See on your outline. You don't notice it, but guess what? Others do. How many of you know, the Bible even talks about this. I can see real clearly in somebody else's deal what their faults are. And so I, I, I want to, I kind of want to help you a little bit, Kathy, with that little problem you got, that little kind of problem, you know, and everybody knows about it, but it's just a little thing. Okay, you got a speck in your eye. But I can't see it too good because I got a tree coming out of my own. And Kathy has to watch her mouth to not go, well, let me tell you something, Brother Ray. <laughs> and she should. <laughs> In Jesus' name. 
Have you ever pulled up in the yard or pulled up in the house? Kind of like these shows on hoarders. Again, we won't have an altar call. And y'all have all seen that you might be a redneck if every car you've ever owned is still in your yard. And you might be a redneck from Balcomville if every washing machine and drying machine is still in the yard. Everybody else knows it. Okay, so how do you forget? Here's what I'm telling you. As I said, it doesn't go away on its own. It takes work. It takes effort. It takes commitment. Ladies, you know, I've honored you Mother's Day, and I've talked about this a lot, but childbirth's amazing. I remember the first time I went to Houston, I was going down there to college, and Dr. Gawkey kind of took me under his wing. Um, I had the privilege as a kid of him actually staying in my room in my bed. That's funny, a lot of people as pastor kids look back on their life and go, oh, it was terrible. I look back and go, it was leave it to beaver for Jesus. It was awesome. I had people stay in my room and talk to me that I'm not worthy to even talk to them. I'm just telling you the life that I had. And I could name names and authors and all of that and, and so blessed. But I was in Houston and I was in the medical field. I was going to be a doctor. Uh, you know, doctor maybe thought about doing medical missionary work too at the time. And uh, So I was working at Heights Hospital. And uh, I remember going in the delivery room and an emergency came up. And I was very, very gifted at drawing blood. Particularly when somebody had no blood pressure or they were in critical condition. And this time they sent me into the delivery room. And I knew this lady. She had some medical factors. We won't get into all that, RH and all this stuff. But anyway, I knew her. She was a sweet gal and, you know, watched her become great with child. And as they were wheeling her in, it was kind of an emergency and going to have to do a maybe a C-section. They weren't sure. It was really bad. I ran in there. This sweet mother apparently at that moment hated every man that ever lived or existed. She was not talking nice to the doctors that were men or to me or anybody else. And I left kind of like this with my little blood sample. And I ran it real quick. God intervened. The baby was born and all that. And I got back up there. And as I was working, you know, she was kind of through a glass window and all that. They handed her that baby and all of that went away. Women understand that because they go through that tremendous, you know, summers in Louisiana with a nine-pound baby. You will get credit. I'm just saying, you're going to get a special mansion, okay? And then to go through all that childbirth and all that, and, and, and I was just thinking about that. When she saw that baby, she pretty well forgot about, you know, come here, husband. I know what cussed you out and chewed you out but come on over here you can look at him too you know what I'm saying it's, it's unbelievable I remember as a child the first time my ears I used to I have tremendous allergies and I had ear infections all the time and the treatment back then they didn't know about buttons they lanced your ear you probably don't know what I'm talking about but they literally slid it and all I'm saying is it hurts it hurts but boy does it feel good when it's over with 
penicillin shots. It's like putting in jello. Oh, it hurts, but boy, you get well. You follow what I'm talking about? You got to deal with some pain and deal with the issue to get well. Joseph named his firstborn son Manasseh and said, It is because God has made me forget all my trouble and my father's household. God has to be involved in that forgetting the past, and it takes work. Sometimes he does it instantly. I prayed for people, and I said, Heal their memories, allow them to forget, kind of like Jesus Alzheimer's, you know, or, or something. You know, just let them forget this. It's just tearing them up. And God's done that sometimes, but most of the time, it's a process we work through. But I'll tell you, I've never seen it fail when we stay with God and we keep working, we accept it, realize it, and we can be set free. God is not the creator only. He is a recreator today. God recreates today. Number two, bring your junk into the light to figure out what to do with it. Now, if you've ever been in, in Kansas, we have basements for multiple reasons. It's drier up there and you can do it and it's free storage and you know, you can even have rooms down there and all that sort of thing. It's pretty cool, but it's always dark down there. And that's where the brown recluses like to be. And, you know, it's dark. And, you know, I know that we have closets and stuff and, you know, you have to turn on the light when you go down. But many times, if you're wanting to clean it up, you got to turn the light on to get in there and see. And as some of you know, if you have a cataract, you got to turn two lights on, <laughs> you know, to see. And, and you, you have to turn the light on to it to see. In the same way, God wants to shed light in the areas of our life that is dark. That's what I'm trying to say. Same way. So we deal with it. And, and I looked up this scripture I thought so neat. Job 12, 22. It says, he uncovers the mysteries hidden in the darkness. Talking about in our life. He brings light to the deepest gloom. And God doesn't bring it light to show and go, yeah, nah, nah. that's what Satan does. Remember, Satan's the accuser. God brings light on it to help us see it and heal it and clean it up. God transfers, I got a quote I think there, God transfers yesterday's darkness into today's light to bring repentance, cleansing, and healing. Amen? Yes. And remember what's so cool about God that even Satan can't do is God can be in the future, is here right now in this place, and can be in your past when you were abused, be in your past when you made the dumbest decision you ever made, be in the past when you, whatever. He can be there, here, and there all at the same time. Now that, that excites me. That gives me encouragement. I know he knows the future. I know he knows the past. And I know that he is with me now. And I love that. So yesterday's darkness, it's good. It's a possibility to ask forgiveness, to work with him, to get it clean and straight. It's, it's amazing. Y'all know the story of Jacob. By the way, his name means deceiver. Y'all know what he did with, with his brother Esau. If not, read the story. And he deceived him. And of course Esau wasn't the brightest tool in the shed either to be deceived. But neither less, he still did it. Well, I told you consequences happen. So he finds his 
drop-dead gorgeous gal he wants to marry named Rachel. He worked seven years. Man. Seven years. And he gets Leah. Leah's name means something about cow. I don't know, but you can look it up. I got a picture in my mind and it ain't good. <laughs> I'm just saying, being honest, I'm in church. So he worked seven more years to get Rachel. And you know what God basically said to him? And he ended up wrestling with God, the angel of God now. He said, you've been a deceiver and you got deceived and we need to deal with this. And they wrestled over it. And finally at the end, you know, he kind of hurt him a little bit. And he said, uh, he said, okay, you've wrestled with God and I'm changing your name to Israel. Look at that picture. When we wrestle with God and we go to God and we really deal with our struggles and we have that aha moment, I love it, when the uh, prodigal son, this is awesome. It says, he's in the pig pen, eating, and he goes, when he came to his senses. Don't we need some come to senses meetings with Jesus? When he came to his senses, and that's what happened to Jacob, and then he fought with it, and he struggled through it, and then he's a new man. <laughs> he's a new person. It's amazing. Number three, sort the junk into manageable piles to decide what to do with them. I told Vicki what we needed to do is get all the rummage sale stuff, and Nancy, we could have just put all the bags in here and everything. And y'all are going to do this. When you open all the stuff, what are you going to do? You're going to sort it. You, aren't you? And I don't know if you're going to put a price tag on everyone. That's how we used to do it. Or if you're going to say, oh, this is the dollar table. I don't know, you know. But you have to sort it out and go through that. It's got to be in manageable piles. And here's what it is. It tends to look worse before it gets better. Do you agree with that? Because you have piles here, piles there, and man, mom and dad's house is just terrible. I mean, the whole attic, you know. But not everything needs to be thrown away from our past. Some of it can be used now, some of it for the future. Some memories require confessing. I have that, you know, there on, on your outline, the, the three terms, confessing. In other words, sometimes we do have to repent about something in our past. We have to work out a relationship as much as it is to you. Genuinely forgive somebody or ask forgiveness or whatever. And that leads to that second one, forgiving. But you know what? Sometimes we need to sit down and grieve and cry and deal with it. We live in a fallen world. We've been hurt. There's been loss. And we really need to grieve and give it to God. And that's what I'm talking about. Putting it in manageable piles and let God help us through that process. Y'all remember Jacob, I was talking about him deceiving his brother and getting the birthright. Well, the brother was a hunter and a warrior. And Jacob was more of a gamer. He probably wasn't a baseball player. He was a gamer. And uh, he was in bad shape. He's scared to death because brother's coming for him. 
And after he worked it all out with God, God told him that, look, your name's now Israel, and look, go see your brother. And man, he was scared to death. He had gifts. I'll bring you lots of gifts. God already did the work because he'd worked it out with God. And when he saw him, he hugged him and kissed him. God can break down barriers. You do your part, let God do his part. It's a team effort. In fact, Genesis, you say, what a relief it is to see your friendly smile. It's like the smile of God. And I, I want to say this just for a minute about you, you here. Many of you, I believe this is from God. When Jesus looks down on you, you make Jesus smile. Sometimes we need to grieve. The Bible says, Jesus himself, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. In other words, if you deal with it, true comfort will come. The lancing might hurt, but the comfort will come that lasts a lifetime. Number four, some junk might turn out to be a treasure. We talked about this a few months ago about Antique Roadshow. We were talking about that. Romans 8, 28. We know that all things, in all things, God works for good to those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. Now this doesn't say that everything turns out good, especially immediately, but this will be for your good and our good because God can turn tragedies into triumphs. I told you about crying last week all the way to Kansas. Best thing that ever happened to me. God loves to turn the junk in our life into the treasures just like we found some pictures 30 inch by 40 inch huge this box. I, I didn't have a clue what it was. The box is a heavy box about that thick you know big and it was about to fall apart and, and we found it up in the attic and it's probably the most valuable thing we found they're original paintings from the 1950s about all the Bible stories from a famous illustrator so you know we got to turn it over to an art collector and all that and it's been sitting up there original 40 of them originals you know and you just you just never know what your, what God can turn your your stuff into you know what I'm saying in your own life that's what I'm trying to say Five. Now let's keep the junk from accumulating. Okay. So God's, God's wanting to take the, the problems that I have, the struggles that I have, because I live in a fallen world, and gosh, even me with people here in the church and other churches, you know, other people, I want to, as pastor, take it away. I do. I want to... I wish I had that ability, and I want to. But sometimes God knows, no, we need to work through this. We need to grow. And we're used to instant gratification, microwave, credit card. You know what I mean? Boom. You want it, you get it. You cook it, you hit it. You know, that's how we are. But God wants to work that through because he wants to turn that sand that's irritating your life and my life into a pearl 
and I mean it's beautiful for the kingdom of God and it sets us free, then in turn we can turn around and help the person that's got some sand in theirs. You know what I'm saying? And there are things here with all of my training, all of everything that I have, I can't do it for somebody, but let me tell you, God's got you where you can do it for them. You have a relationship with them, and we talked Wednesday night about how you got to go and get in the world. You need a few friends that are struggling, especially something you've got victory over. I don't mean if I'm struggling with um, um, smoking, you know, if that's a problem with me and I know I need to quit for, you know, multiple reasons, you know, I might not want to go to someone that's struggling with that. But if I get victory and they're saying I need victory, I can help them. Does that, you see what I'm saying? I, and I, I really can't help them. I'm, I don't have that. I don't understand that. You know what I mean? I've never been there. So it's God likes to take what we have in our life and turn it around into a treasure. And that's what I was trying to say. So now that we do all that, how do we keep more junk from coming? So God sets us free. Well, one way is helping others like I just said. But if you cleaned it up and you don't have a lot of junk anymore, be careful because the junk will keep coming. Can I have a witness? <laughs> you think you're gonna, you get cleaned up and it's not going to come back? Pray, I pray it won't be the same junk. It won't be this. But it'll be a, then it'll be a box TV, weighs 600 pounds, about this big. Then it'll be a TV, you go, oh no, it's a flat screen. But it's about that thick and it weighs 100 pounds. And then now you go buy them, they're about that thin and they weigh five. You know, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I'm just saying, it, it, you just, one thing to another thing to another thing is how it goes. I love this, 1 Corinthians 13, 5, I've got a short part of that. Love keeps no record of wrongs. In other words, you deal with things as they come up and keep love always center. Looking toward heaven and love. And so everything you do, when you get your, come to your senses, you put love in it and that helps more junk to not come in your life. Ephesians 4. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ forgave you. And forgiveness is so important because I need a lot of forgiveness. And the Bible says, as you forgive, you're forgiven. Make sure you forgive. I got to do a lot of forgiving because I want a lot of forgiveness. How about you? So that's important too. So when the junk room's cleaned out, what's cool is it can be used again. You might have to call Chip and Joanna. It'll cost you a lot more money. Or you can let God and your neighbor and your friend help you clean it out. They'll come in, clean it out, remodel it. It'll be all magnoliaized. You don't went over it. It's okay. That's all right. You know, when God helps us clean it out, I'm going to say something, and this not very many people will catch this. They're actually is a little bit of joy in the cleaning process and at the end it feels good and the Bible says that and there's joy in kind of keeping it clean 
nope, I'm not going back there again, you know. In fact, one joy that you can have in cleaning this up is you can be a giver. I'm sure Vicky will give you this right here. <laughs> cleaning out the bad memories also gives you room to have new good ones. Man, wow. I got some great memories of some trips. But you know what? I hope I have some new memories of some better trips. Or better relationships or things like that. So healing and freedom is only one step away. Bow your heads with me. Lord, you know I've talked to you about this and... I've said some things to this church family, and Lord, I know we have some visitors here today, but God, you've given me a love for the people that are here, and it's only because you love them a thousand times more than I ever could. I only give what you gave. God, I pray for the one today that's here that enjoyed the sermon but realizes there's some stuff in their life they need to deal with and they need to commit to you. And it's, it's tough. And they want to, but it's tough. God, I pray that your love would be overwhelming in their life. Your encouragement, the words that we shared today, the spirit as you speak to them would be encouragement that we need to get rid of some baggage and some junk. And I'm talking spiritually, emotionally, maybe even physically. Holy Spirit, we give you permission to speak to our hearts. And even if we're my age, 80, 90, God, you're not through with us. You still want to use us. So God, we give you permission to help us with the stuff that's in our life. Help us forget the past and look to you. And all God's people said, amen. We're going to sing. Thank you. Won't you stand with us as we sing, oh, let the Son of God enfold us.
that uh, Dale has something that he wants to come forward and uh, present to Ray so uh, I'll pray and then if y'all want to just sit down it, it won't be long um, thanks Lord for this day a great day it's been in your house and uh, it's a lot of folks here and it's, it's good to see that and a good spirit and uh, just thank you for Ray and what he's what he's meant to us in the last months and even years and uh, just pray your blessings on him and his family going forward and uh, thanks Lord for loving us and loving loving your church and uh, you're good to us and we, we thank you for that Amen Come up here You gotta come up here this I want you to stand where everybody can see you. <laughs> He's My good son. <laughs> we want to present you with this. Okay, thank you. Little token of appreciation. Does it go and fit in there? <laughs> I'm going to look at my cheat sheet here. Okay. Uh, Pastor Ray, in God's perfect timing, he sent you to us as both regional and interim pastor. You have gone far and above expectations, especially in the interim pastor role. And that is definitely true. Thank you, Dale. Thank you for the extensive support and guidance for church leaders, including the pastor search team, for problem solving regarding uh, building property needs, and for being pastor to us all, and for bonding with the bunch. You've learned more people here than I know. <laughs> <laughs> They're easy to love. And, we feel like you're one of us. Amen. And we Amen. pray that God will bless you in your trip to Kansas and keep you safe there. Amen. And bring you back to us. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you, Dad. Thank you. I'm not sure if it is a CD. <laughs> I, I have my phone for a couple of reasons, by the way. And it's not to check Facebook because that, that's not part of the deal. 
my phone is my Bible. It's so amazing. This little thing has about every version you can imagine on there. And then if I get confused, I can ask Rabbi Google. I want to read a scripture to you that the Lord gave me this morning. Woo! Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. Get this, that we might be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort which we ourselves are comforted by God. That covers the past, it covers today what we're going through, it covers the future, and that's what I'm trying to say. I said it at my dad's funeral, my mom's funeral. They only gave what they received. And so it's not about me or anybody else or, or Carvin who helped so much and does so much. It's just we gave what God gave us. He gave us love, we give love. He gave us wisdom or understanding the word, we share that. So God's no respecter of person. Seek him and give what he gives you. And really all he asks is a tenth. And I just hope I gave that much when I shared my heart. Thank you.